This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager whose very, very first podcast I ever listened to was Carly's Straight and Curly. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who introduced Dinah to Straight and Curly, and that's how this whole podcast caper began. This episode, we interview Carly Jacobs, host of the Productivity Podcast and blogger. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. We've decided to interview some people from business, media, creative industries, and sport to see how they tackle life admin in our How They Do It episodes. Carly's Straight and Curly podcast, which she co-hosted with Kelly Exeter for several years, was the inspiration for Life Admin Life Hacks, as we discuss in this episode. It was so great talking to Carly, and in this episode, Carly reveals how her productivity habits started with her very first tax return and an expanding file, how time boxing is her most important productivity hack, and her love of robot vacuums and earpods. Carly Jacobs is a writer, researcher, podcaster, and mostly sensible habit maker. Writing in the self-improvement space for well over a decade, Carly explores, experiments, tries, and fails at all the self-help stuff you've read about on the internet to find the best and most useful bits. Her blog is 13 years old. That's old for internet. And like a good internet dinosaur, she's published there at least once a week that entire time which is also a major feat. We'll talk it about is. that later. <laughs> so, Carly, thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries at all. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely. We've both been such big fans of your podcasting work, in particular Straight and Curly and now Productivity. And I actually have to admit that back when we started this project, we suggested that you and Kelly do an episode on Life Admin. (laughs) And so your episode 104 on Straight and Curly (laughs) came off the back of one of our questions in your Facebook group. So... Oh, that's amazing. That's when I was fully addicted and I was quite active in the Facebook group because I was <laughs> bagging off every word you guys were saying. And I'm like, life admin, they need to help me crack life admin, maybe I'll put a little message. And that was that's like our origin story because after that you did that episode and Dinah and I talked about it more and how it was, you know, it still felt so out of control for us. And that was where we decided we were going to do our own podcast <laughs> and try and write a book. Oh, that's so amazing. You. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so pleased. <laughs> so when did you first become life admin aware and realise this was a thing that wasn't going to go away and that you just had to have some, you know, systems, you had to get, get reckoned with it? Oh, look, it was quite early on for me. I started working as soon as I possibly could. I'm from Canberra. Uh, I was born and bred Canberran and you just had to have a job in Canberra because you needed to buy a car as soon as humanly possible. Otherwise, you just could not get anywhere. So the second we all turned 14 and nine months, we were, you know, knocking down the doors of all of the local businesses. So I started working at a news agent in Woden Plaza if there's mm-hmm. any Canberrans out there. It was called Top News and I worked there from when I was 14 and nine months, literally like as soon as I could until I was probably about 22 when I left that job. I had It was a very long time. But it was at that point that, you know, I realised that, you know, I'm earning money, I have to pay taxes, I have to do my tax returns, I have to sort all this out. And then the second year, the tax accountant, because I went to like H&R Block or whatever to, to get it done, just like one of the local places. And the accountant was like, oh, well, I need your tax returns from last year. And I was like, 
I don't have them from last year. And then it was then that I realized I had to hold on to all of my tax returns. And so this is like a very steep learning curve. And then I just kind of fell in love with, you know, filing and systems and figuring things out and having. You're one of us. Yes. Exactly. So I had this like one of those Constantina folders for years and years and I had each tax return in there. And I just really, I just always got a a huge sense of self-satisfaction from being able to put my hands on the thing that the person needed from me at any given time. Yeah, I just, I really get off on being liked is, uh, is the main thing. So that's where it all started. And then it just gets worse from there, from your first job. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse and you need to make sure that you're on top of things. And, you know, I, I was at uni before the internet was a big thing. I still had to drive in it you know, at 5.25 before the 5.30 cutoff to hand in my assignments. And, you know, you really needed to be quite organized at uni to make sure that things got printed in time and to make sure, because, you know, before the internet, we didn't really have the option of doing things at the last minute. If you didn't, you know, have enough time to print things, then, you know, you would lose marks on your assignment. You couldn't just, the internet that we had was just so slow that you just rarely relied on it anyway. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah, where my, where, where my love of being organized came from. And so you started with that concertina file. What tools are you using now to keep all this admin and paperwork under control? Well, I still have that concertina file with all of the original <laughs> tax returns in it. <laughs> I I use Dropbox a lot. I'm a big Dropbox fan. And I, after years and years of resisting, I just pay for the pro account because you keep going over and because they, they charge you like once you have too many things or if you want to share with too many people. And I resisted for so long and I'd like <laughs> sign up under a new account so I didn't have to pay for it and all of that stupid stuff. And now I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to throw money at this problem and by throwing money at it, I mean something like $14 a month mm-hmm. to make sure that I can actually accurately store all of my stuff. So yeah, Dropbox is a big thing for me. I, I'm a chronic screenshotter. So on my mm-hmm. phone, if I see something I like, I screenshot it. I wish there was a better system for phones, actually. I find it difficult to organize notes and things. Little in photos? Yeah, yeah. Organizing photos on my phone is is hard. Notes I'm okay yeah. with. I've got that, like- That's a running joke for us. <laughs> oh, is it? Three years we've been looking for the holy grail of how to organize digital photos. It's just... It's impossible. It's so hard. But then the the search function on the photos is so, so good that you can actually find what you're looking for most of the time. So if you, so I've got a screenshot, I've got a scan of my passport in my phone because I stopped Mm -hmm. carrying a wallet years ago because I've got an Apple watch that has my credit card on it and I don't really need anything else. But I've got a scan of my passport saved in photos and I can just search passport and it pops up. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so when you partnered up and started living with your partner, how did the life admin change? How did you, how did you share the load? Is, has he got the same kind of capability and attitude towards life admin that you do? He does. Level? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. We're, we're very well matched. We have a very harmonious relationship. And I think it's just because we're both grown adults that just do our own thing. So he, he is a business owner as well, as am I. And we've just always dealt with our own stuff and done things totally separately. And we will have been together for 15 years in March and we've got a two-year-old and we only just 
combined our finances when we bought a house two years ago. So yeah, so that's, we, we just kind of dealt with all of our own things. He's actually really good because he's got really good organizational hacks for me. I'm not actually very techie. He, he's extremely techie. So he's taught me a lot of good things. I would, mm. you know, I wouldn't have even started my blog if I wasn't with him. Cause I, I was going to say, I'm taking that with a grain of salt, given that you run podcasts <laughs> and blog. No, no. It's like, I, I'm very bad at figuring out how to do things on my own. So literally all of the techie stuff that you see is literally a result of me going, Ben, how do I do this? Like <laughs> in-house IT support. I love it. So. Yeah. For the first, for the first year that Kelly and I recorded, Ben plugged in my microphone for me every time I podcast. <laughs> so when it does come to life admin for you, what's most important? You talked a little bit about most recently paying for Dropbox. Is it peace of mind? Is it saving money? Is it saving time or is it household harmony? Uh, Look, for me, it's an equal tie between saving time and household harmony. I Mm. hate wasting time and I hate people wasting my time. It's actually a massive problem for me. I get very, very annoyed about it. So anything that will help me be more efficient is right up there. Uh, Personally, in our family, we don't struggle much with household harmony where my partner and I are generally quite harmonious we get along really very well. Uh, we do have a two-year-old though, so that is going to throw a mega spanner in the works several times a day. It, we do have this lovely kind of us versus her mentality though, so we're very much the team that is mm-hmm. trying to manage her at any given time. And she's great, but we we spend a lot of time prioritising whatever is going to keep her in a good mood. So That's, that's wise with a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's great, but she's two. Yeah, well, we've been there. We get it. Oh, God. How so, old are your kids? I have a nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Oh, and so I we- have 12 and 13. So, Oh, see, I I'm think things are, just, yeah, things are about to get harder for you, right? Yep. They've already yeah. started. 13's very ugly. Oh, no. See, that's the oh. thing. Like I look at people with seven and nine-year-olds and I'm like, your life is so freaking sweet. <laughs> I feel like that's the sweet spot. Like you, like things are just about to go off the rail again, but you've just got, you know, these yeah. lovely compliant little people who think you're the greatest human in the world. So I just, we're, yes. we're, we're hanging out for seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't still traumatized by home learning during the pandemic, I'd be <laughs> not drinking. Oh, yes. Theory. Yes. Right. <laughs> when you have a kid, you know, sometimes that is, of course, a point where friction can enter a relationship because suddenly there's this mental load of having to anticipate what the kid needs or the logistics around your child. And sometimes that isn't shared so fairly. How, how have you navigated that with Ben? Ben is a very evolved man. So that helps. He knows how to do things and does things without having to be asked to do them. Yeah. The I, unicorn. He's, he's, he's very much a unicorn. Yeah. I, uh, but I knew that about Sorry, him. That was really sexist. I should have said that. I might scrub that out. <laughs> But like we've been together for such a long time that I knew that he was going to be like that if we had a child and I made a conscious choice to have a child with someone who was like that. So like if I I just wouldn't have been with someone who wasn't good at pulling their own weight or, you know, could be a grown up about things. So that was a, that was certainly a conscious choice in the grand scheme of my life. We are okay at sharing the mental load. One of my main issues with life admin is that when I get thwarted, it tends to be 
at the folly of others, which is really frustrating. So like I've done my tax this year and I'm still waiting on my accountant to finish doing my partner's tax so that we can do this combined thing that we need to do. So I've done my bit and I'm just, I can't close that book until the accountant gets back to me and I'm chasing up a childcare rebate and that's not still sorted because there are like three people playing phone tag with each other. So all of my open book admin stuff is waiting on other people, which I find very frustrating. Yeah, my my mental load is quite heavy, but I I do I really enjoy being busy. I'm such a weirdo. I just I really enjoy being like run off my feet. A good day for me is where every hour is filled and then I get to the end of the day and I can have a quick tidy of the house and eat dinner and then sit down and you know maybe watch some TV or crochet or do something like that having had a very busy and fulfilling day and it sounds mm-hmm. very strange, but I don't I don't like holidays. I don't like sitting around with not much to do. And I I, like my work life is really similar. So I'm a copywriter and a podcaster and I've got a crochet school. So I just, I like having a lot of things happening all at once. And I like Mm. dipping in and out of different things because I get bored if I do the same thing every day. So I like Mm. having different bits and pieces. I'm I'm a strange human. (laughs) And so with so much going on, how do you manage to-do lists and how do you prioritize? I have a system where I use, so my partner, he runs Moleskin Studio, which is the digital component of Moleskin Notebooks. So he actually does iPhone apps for productivity. So I use a combination of Time Page, which is the calendar app, and Actions, which is the to-do list app. And Actions, actually, once you put an item on your Actions list and you schedule it, it carries over into your diary. So I really like time blocking. Time blocking is a huge lifesaver mm. for me. I've started doing bullet journaling as well, but I do it digitally. So you've said, you know, bullet journaling, right? Yeah. (laughs) Did you, did you try bullet journaling? And then you were like, well, this is just a waste of time. Why does this take so long? I never went there. Just journaling, <laughs> just journaling generally. I just start yeah. fading out when I hear that term. Yeah, no, Sam, it was never, it was never my bag. But I liked the idea of bullet journaling because it was supposed to be a superior way of doing to-do lists and mm. compartmentalizing many different areas of your life into one area. But I got stuck in a bit of a rabbit hole when I was researching bullet journaling and there's this whole community out there of people. It's mm. basically like bullet journaling but scrapbooking. So people yes. do like stickers and make it look all pretty yeah. and then they put it on Instagram and I'm like, guys, I don't, I just want to, can you just tell me how to do it and do it quickly so that I can get on with my life? No one like that existed uh, until I just applied all those principles to a digital version. So I just use, I use the Flow app on my iPad and I can just like, I can grab the whole day and duplicate it, drag it into a new day and then just use it like a notebook. And it's so much easier. I don't have to write out, do all the little squares and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's been, that's been huge for me. And I generally have a work to-do list and a personal to-do list each day. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'll have write blog post in the morning, write sales page for such and such client, write email sequence for such and such client. And that's all color blocked and timed out in my day. And then I've got my personal one down the side where it'll be like, go to the gym in the morning, cook dinner at start dinner at four o'clock so that it's ready at such and such a time or things like make sure to pack Harriet's swimmers in her daycare bag so that we can go to swimming afterwards. So all of those personal bits and pieces so that I don't forget go kind of down the side. That sounds really comprehensive. I think on on Straight and Kelly and Productivity, lots of the episodes have explored how to best use your time and how that helps you live a meaningful life and live 
authentic authentically your priorities are playing out in the way you structure your day what how would you say what your, what are your priorities and your values in terms of because you really thought about how you're using each and every day what are the priorities for you well, I find that a lot of people, particularly people who kind of lead a freer, less uptight existence than I do, often kind of ask me, you know, do do you have time for fun? And I absolutely do. And the reason why I do have time for fun is because I spend my life so scheduled. It sounds totally <laughs> counterintuitive and counterproductive, but what I really enjoy is, is sitting down at the end of the day in a clean house, having done all the things that I needed to do, you know, clean sheets on the bed and then I just get to sit and and do something I really want to do like you know as I said before crochet or knit or you know do something creative or read or Mm. you know watch something like that and I do not like doing those things if there's unfinished other stuff that I haven't done during the day and I also really like uh, we we live on a property in uh northeast Victoria and we have a lot of people come and visit us and when they come and visit us on the weekends I want to cook them dinner and sit around and drink wine and have chats and Mm -hmm. let the kids play outside and I want to sit there and be completely immersed in that moment without worrying that I didn't do my taxes this week or without worrying that you know there's enough food in the fridge or without worrying that you know I forgot to enroll Harriet in daycare again next week. I like, I know that sounds really, it's, it's, it, it, I mean, like, so what Kelly always said is that, oh, hang on. I can't even remember quite properly. It's, <laughs> I'm totally messing this one up. It's something about, um, outer, outer, in a, in a, outer <laughs> calm, inner order. Yeah, I know. One. Yeah, that one. Um, Outer yeah. order, inner calm. Yeah, exactly. Outer order equals inner calm. That's the one. And I, I just, I really do feel that in my soul. I enjoy things being organized and I don't like feeling out of control. So like my reoccurring nightmare that I actually wake up in cold sweats over constantly is I'm late for the airport and I haven't packed my bag. So the mm. taxi's outside and they're beeping and I need to get in the taxi and I haven't even packed and I'm going overseas and I don't know where my passport is. And that is my worst nightmare. Yeah. It's hard I being me. <laughs> I can't stand being late for aeroplanes either. So I share that same challenge. Like I showed up before both of you to record this podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That gives you any indication of what my life is like. Yes, I don't like being late either. No. <laughs> I was actually listening yesterday to your episode with uh, Naomi Simpson. And, oh, um, yeah, she was great. Know, and she talked quite a bit about outsourcing and you yeah, spoke about that. And so I'm really interested in kind of, I think as we, particularly for Mary and I, as we're getting older, I think we've become more like logical when it comes to outsourcing in terms of thinking about money in a different way. Um, so I'd be really interested to know how you feel about outsourcing things you either aren't good at or don't even just don't want to do. We're a little bit of both. We've had a cleaner for quite a few years now and we will not tell either of our mothers that because they would be horrified because they're of a generation where you just don't pay someone else to clean your house. Like that's something that rich yeah. people do. It's just not something that, that they would ever consider putting their funds towards despite the fact that they could both easily have afforded it for most of their lives it's Mm. it's very much about compartmentalizing what is worth more to you your money or your time so we do a calculation of what our hourly rate is worth Mm. and if we are happy to spend that time doing that task and whether or not we would pay ourselves to do it 
So it's uh, so for instance, I don't want to pay myself to clean the house because I don't like doing it and it's horrible. So we get someone else to come in and and clean our house. I I also need to be very very clear about paying the people the people that you outsource to come and do things for you particularly physical things be ethical about the way that you do things i use a reputable cleaning company with people that pay their staff superannuation holiday leave casual leave it's a family run business it's local it's above board there's no illegal workers everyone's being treated fairly i think it's very easy for people particularly people who run their own businesses to engage in a lot of cheap labor labor that's not necessarily ethical that's that I'm really concentrating quite hard on at the moment. However, like I don't want to pay myself to clean the house. I'd rather have someone else do it because I don't enjoy it. And it's a good way to support local businesses here as well, because we live in the country and it's it's a good su- supportive thing for, for local people. However, we have two acres. We live on two acres and that's a lot of grass and mm-hmm. we have to mow it with a ride-on, which I absolutely love doing. So I'm going to pay myself to do it because it's a nice break. I get to listen to a podcast. It's really fun. Like just, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's so much fun. It was like, it was such a curveball because we moved here and Ben was like, oh, we've got all this grass to mow. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to hate this. This is the worst. And I absolutely love it. I just warp around on it. And I've got, I've got a little drink holder where I have, you know, my, my little hard seltzer on a Friday afternoon. And it's a, it's a break from parenting. It's a break from life. I get to tune out and listen to something. And I mean, you know, if in five years time I get bored of that and I don't like it, I will consider outsourcing it. But until then I enjoy it and I'm happy for that to be. I like active downtime. So that works very well for me. Some people like downtime, 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 downtime makes me bananas, makes me go bananas. Yeah. And I think that takes, you know, that's a healthy approach because it's showing some self-awareness of where you actually, how you do value your time Mm. and what you know you will enjoy doing. So for someone else, the idea of mowing the lawn would be just, you know, anathema to them, but they're quite get into the zone when they're cleaning their house and they'll put a podcast on and they'll just get in the flow and and they just, you know, you know how some people just really like cleaning. So it's horses for courses and I think some of those value judgments people make where they're like, oh, you know, if you outsource that, it sort of smacks of privilege. Yeah. It's really about absolutely knowing if you have the means, where do you want to prioritise your time? What would you, how does your time reflect your values and your priorities as opposed to just assuming you have to do everything yourself. I also need to touch on the topic of it being within your means because a lot of people think it's not within their means but will happily spend $200 on a Friday night on dinner and a couple of drinks. So yeah. it's just about kind of prioritising what money you do. And I know that, that that sentence absolutely was a very privileged sentence because some people can't afford $200 but there are some people who would be spending that money on other things that could be spending it on cleaning. They don't have to, but if it's something that you want to do, it's just about allocating what funds you have towards the things that are going to right. increase your own time. Yeah, it's that mindful spending, whether mm. you need new sunglasses every year that are on trend or another, you know, the 11th pair of shoes in the cupboard versus getting someone to, we talked to Amantha Imber recently, who is a CEO of a company who had some. I love in- her, she's great. Yeah, who came in to like help prepare meals, like chopping vegetables and that kind of stuff. Mm. So she could spend time with her kid because that's where she decided she, you know, her, her priorities sat, which some people would just roll their eyes. But when time is scarce and you have some trade offs, that one made sense to her. 
Oh, definitely. I agree. I, I read a, an article the other day by uh, Denise Duffield Thomas, who is, she's a money mindset coach who I follow on yeah. um, Facebook. And she wrote this whole article about all the help that she has. And she's got so much help. She has like a housekeeper and a nanny and daycare and like cleaners. Mm. And I'm looking at this going, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But she literally hires someone to pack and unpack her suitcase because she doesn't like doing it. And Mm. it sounds so next level privilege, just Mm. like, how do you even afford that? But she's just like, well, I'm good at this particular thing in my work. And that's the only thing I want to do. And I pay everyone, I pay people to do everything else. And it seems to be working for us. So I think when you're a freelancer and a business owner, it's easier to do the math in your head. But I think for people who are employed, they sometimes find it a bit hard to kind of grasp that kind of concept because they perhaps can't work more hours. But I often think people make the decision to either work part-time or full-time. And I think sometimes they don't realise they're working four days a week so they can clean the house. But the other option Mm. might be to work full-time and pay someone to do those things that they don't necessarily want to do on that, you know, fifth day. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So it's interesting, the idea that you've got sort of money mindset coaches out there to, to teach people how to think more logically, less emotionally perhaps about these things. What would what's going to be one of the first life admin tasks you teach your daughter? Well, we're actually already on that at the moment. We're already teaching her to tidy as she goes. So we've mm. got these tubs that have all of her toys in them. And if she wants to play with her barnyard toys, we get that box out. She plays with the barnyard tub. And then when she's finished and asks for puzzles or something, we have to pack all the barnyard stuff away before we get the puzzles out. So that's just something that we're working on with her at the moment. Um, She's at a very malleable age though. So I'm sure there are people at home going, oh yeah, it's easy to get a two-year-old to do stuff because everything's brand new and they love it. And that is absolutely true. I'm 100% ready for her to tell me to go stick it in a couple of years time when I try to get her to unstack the dishwasher. But I definitely definitely think it's worth it though, because like my kids make their own school lunches and people think that's, you know, that I'm quite harsh. And I'm like, why wouldn't they? Like, you know, He's, you know, 12. He's very capable of making his own school lunch and people are worried about what he might put in it. I'm like, he won't die. (laughs) (laughs) And you can control the environment of what's available to put in it. (laughs) Exactly. That was like what Naomi Simpson said on the podcast about uh, two-year-olds can go and get their own breakfast out of the fridge. That's very true. Yeah, I'm fully, like she's still in her cot. We haven't dropped the side of the cot yet because we haven't had to. And I really, really like the idea of her being in baby jail as long as possible. I I like. Hang on to it while you can. Yeah, I'm not keen on the idea of an unbridled child in my house at night so I'm going to hold on to that until she's literally chewing the side of her cot down. We're, we're very much of the philosophy that we want to teach her how to be as independent as possible and we've done that basically from birth and at the moment it's a huge mistake because we've got a very headstrong two-year-old who literally wants to do everything on her own but we're hoping that this is going to result in a 12-year-old who makes her own lunches so we're in we're, yeah. in, we're in for the long haul on this one. Great. You've talked quite a lot about some of the life admin tasks that sound like they actually energize you but do you have any areas of life admin that are like your pet peeves? I hate doing my tax. I hate it so much. It, <laughs> Me, it does too. <laughs> I just hate it, guys. Like I, I get so angry and then I put it off and I put it off. And because I, 
I'm not a procrastinator. I'm really, really good at getting things done. And it just feels like a personal failing every time I have to do my taxes because I just put it off and then I procrastinate. And it's always quicker than I think it's going to be. And then that makes me hate myself even more. So I think my relationship with doing my taxes is emotional. And uh, I think I need some therapy over it. <laughs> it's just, I can't I can't hack the mainframe of, of that one. And I'm not actually terrible at numbers. You'd, you'd think I would be because I'm, I'm a writer and a lot of writers are like, oh no, numbers are terrible. I'm, I don't suck at maths. But for some reason, yeah, taxes just do my head in. And I hate doing floors before we had a cleaner. And we clean in between our cleaner. It's not it's not like, you know, we we sit around on the lounge eating bonbons while someone comes in and cleans our house. Like I still clean my house. I hate doing floors. I hate it so much. I hate vacuuming. I hate mopping. I hate skirting mopping boards. Mopping is the worst. Mopping, mopping. sucks. <laughs> It's terrible. So when your daughter can get to the age of making herself breakfast, your floor will probably look like what my floor looks like right now because my (laughs) children both make their own breakfast, half of which ends up on the floor every day since they were like four years old. But, yes, I hate doing the floors too. I'd rather have – if I was going to get a dog, that is why I would get a dog. Yes, yeah, so we don't have anything on our floor because we have a dog. So. <laughs> they just lick it up. It's gross, but it's clean. Yeah, clean we're, looking. we're definitely considering that. We do actually, we have a robot vacuum, which we absolutely yeah. love. And robot vacuums are one of those things where people go, oh, is it worth it? And you go, yes, absolutely. It's the greatest thing we've ever bought. And people are still so suspicious of them. And yeah. it's the same with like AirPods because we've had, I've, I've had AirPods for quite a few years and people go, mm, but are they really all they're cracked up to be? And you go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are and then people are still just suspicious of them so if you're if you're one of those people who thinks that airpods and robot vacuums are a conspiracy theory they're not they're amazing buy both immediately if you have the means i was, I was the early adopter on the the robot vacuum and the day that it died i would have had it working very hard on those <laughs> very messy floors when my children were little and yeah. the day died, a, a tear came to my eye but yeah ours, bro- ours broke and we had to replace it and so we had a what's the original one called Roomba. Roomba. So we had a Roomba originally and then he knocked a glass of water on his own head and died, but we'd had him for seven years anyway and he was on the way out. And then we we replaced it with a Robo Robo Rock. I don't know the names of anything. Sorry, guys. I'm a terrible recommender. And so we've had him and he's fantastic. We really want to get a scuba, like the mopping one. Yes, I've seen those. I'm interested in that one too. Yeah. And then mop. Listeners, they vacuum and then they mop. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's one kind of outsourcing in itself. Yeah, it's really good. And we just do that in between the cleaner and I don't have to touch my own floors ever now. So it's great. What's one life admin life hack you wish someone had told you earlier in your life? Uh, Time blocking. That's a huge one. So actually block out the time in your diary for when you're going to do certain things. As I said before, I've been doing my bullet journal in in flow. So it's digital and I just time block my days and it's been such a time saver. Another thing that I really love is asking yourself when you're going to do something rather than deciding if you're going to do something. So mm-hmm. I exercise at least four mornings a week during the week, so Monday to Friday. And it's I've I've done it for so many years now that I don't even think about it. I just set my alarm and I get up in the morning and I go. And it took several years to solidify that habit, but it makes such a big difference. I get it done first thing in the morning. It's out of the way. It affects no one else in my family because they're all still in bed by the time I get back. And if they're not, 
my daughter's in bed with my husband and they're watching TV. It gets it out of the way. It means I exercise as much as I should be. I start my day better. And it's also just like if you ask yourself when you're going to do the thing you don't want to do, it takes the option to not do it away from you. So Mm. on tax day, when am I going to do my taxes today? I go 12 o'clock rather than, I don't know, maybe next Friday. Swallow the frog. Swallow the frog. Get it done. It's a very subtle reframing, but it does just taking the decision making out because you also do get decision fatigue. And when you just take the decision making out of these things that you want to nurture in your life and these habits that you want to establish so that it's just automatic, it's one less thing to think about it. You don't have a choice. You just know it can be a very effective way to to get those habits to stick. Well, in our family, we eat low carb, high fat or keto, depending on what you want to call it. I do it for weight maintenance and my husband does it just for clarity. Like he just feels better and doesn't get hungry all the time and just generally feels better. We both feel better on keto and have been doing it for, you know, two or three years now. And we, we both really, really like it. And I've actually mm. found one of the benefits, one of the biggest benefits of keto is that it's such a small range of food that you eat. So you basically eat, you know, meat, vegetables, cheese, dairy. It makes shopping so much easier. It makes meal planning so much easier. You're not sitting there trying to decide which pasta you're going to get because you're just not eating pasta. So you just don't even have to make that decision. Yeah. It's been such a weird thing and I'm not promoting keto diet at all. I'm not telling people that they need to lose weight, that that this is not a discussion about diet. It's a discussion about a decision that we made years ago that made us feel very good. And a byproduct of that has been really time-saving because we just buy the same stuff every week and there's no decision fatigue. Because I've got a really really close mate of mine who loves cooking and she likes giving time to cooking, but also she doesn't like making the same thing more than once. So she's constantly looking at recipes and meal planning and shopping and all this kind of stuff. That's yeah. my personal nightmare. Well, that's the thing. And like sometimes she gets annoyed by it and will be like, oh, no, the dinner that I cooked tonight took two hours instead of 45 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I would I would be so mad if I had to spend two hours cooking every night. Like that would just drive me up the wall. I mean, honestly, do what you want to do with your time. And if you enjoy cooking, obviously go there. But if you don't enjoy cooking, consider going keto yeah. because it just is such a time saver. Well, it's that paradox of choice where if when you have too many choices, it actually becomes stressful and confusing in itself. Yeah. So limiting choice is actually well, much more worthwhile. Yeah, so, like Steve Jobs wearing the same thing every day. Yeah. yeah. So when you moved to the country, did anything change in terms of your life admin or your need to save time or um, you know, different choices in terms of things that you, less choices perhaps? One thing that changed quite a lot in the country is you have a lot more time in the country. So you generally don't have to wait too long at the post office and there's always a car park at the supermarket unless it's the weekend and all the tourists have decided to come <laughs> up for the weekend. That changes things. There's hardly any traffic. Everything is just a lot it's a lot easier. Life is a lot easier. We were living in Brunswick and sometimes it could take us 30 minutes to get from one side of Brunswick to the other in Melbourne in bad traffic Mm -hmm. just to go to one shop. We need to plan a bit more here because we, you know, our nearest big centre is 45 minutes away. So there's no ducking to Big W or ducking to Kmart. Our local small town, I live really close to Beechworth, um, so I'm only 10 minutes away from Beechworth. And that's it's got everything we need there, which is 
great. Yeah, we have absolutely no regrets about moving to the country and we, we have more time. I know that sounds crazy because we oh. moved here when we had a kid. So we, and who gets more time when they have a kid? But yeah, for some reason, everything was just a lot easier and quicker and little things like we have a local post office that's run by volunteers. And sometimes if you can't go in to get your mail, you know, if you know the person who's working, they'll just bring your mail over to you. You know, there's little things like that that are just well, that's helpful. Yeah, like just <laughs> like just you. I mean, we we have a lot more work to do garden wise, like on our property. Like we're we're out in the garden all the time, and you know, we've got mangy wombats that we take care of and we have to go and give them medicine and things like that but we really enjoy it and it's and you know as I said before we're active relaxers so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day when I'm not working and I'm not parenting anymore and the kids in bed I can go mow the lawn or do some gardening or something like that and it's you know it's it's really wonderful active relaxing that's that's productive as well. Yeah I love the idea that you've really spent time thinking about how best to use your active downtime, as you call it, and what is going to make you happy and what is worthwhile. Yeah, That's also, and, and that's also not the right way to do it. That, that doesn't work oh. for everyone. So there are some people who need proper, proper relaxation time, like lying alone in a bath in complete silence for an hour. And that is, that is just as valid and just as productive as my gardening. It's just that that works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Yeah. And the key is being self-aware enough to know what works for you and then designing your life so that you can actually get that. I hear Dinah laughing with hysteria in the background. <laughs> the sounds quite nice right now, Di. Well, I was just thinking that in previous years, I was definitely an active relaxer, but this year I just want to lock myself in a dark room with nobody at the end of the year. We need a do-over. This year was just a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So Carly, thanks so much for sharing your experience and ideas with us today. It was such a pleasure. Where can our listeners find more of you if they want to hear more? Look for me on productivity on iTunes and all of the podcasting places. I'm also at carlyjacobs.com. That's D-O-T-C-O-M on Instagram and carlyjacobs.com, which is dot C-O-M on the internet. It's all very confusing guys, but um, yeah, Carly Jacobs is me. Uh, we'll, we'll have the links in the show notes. Thank, Thank you, <laughs> If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.